Section eleven of the Begum's Fortune by Jules Verne, translated by W. H. G. Kingston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eleven at dinner with Dr. Saracen. On the thirteenth of September, although it wanted but a few hours to the time fixed on by Professor Schultz for the destruction of Frankville neither the governor nor a single person among the inhabitants dreamed of the danger which threatened them seven o'clock in the evening arrived half buried in thick masses of oleander and tamarinds the beautiful city lay at the foot of the cascade mountains its marble keys gently caressed by the waves of the pacific the carefully watered roads freshened by the breeze presented a cheerful and animated spectacle. The trees which shaded them rustled softly. The velvet lawns were fresh and green. Brilliant beds of flowers exhaled their sweetness around the calm and smiling white houses. The air was warm and balmy, and the sky as blue as the sea, which glittered at the end of the long avenues." a stranger arriving in the town would have been at once struck with the healthful look of the inhabitants and the activity in the streets the academies of painting music and sculpture and the library all in the same quarter had just been closed excellent public courses were given there to small sections so that each pupil might get the full advantage of the lesson among the crowds issuing from these places and naturally causing some stoppage not an exclamation of impatience nor an angry look was heard or seen the general aspect was one of calmness and satisfaction not in the centre of the town but on the shores of the pacific had dr saracen built his house it had been among the first put up and he had come immediately and established himself there with his wife and daughter jeanette octavius the extempore millionaire had chosen to remain in paris but he had no longer max for a mentor the two friends had almost lost sight of each other since the time when they lived together in king of sicily street when the doctor emigrated with his wife and daughter to the coast of oregon otto was his own master he soon neglected college where his father had wished him to continue his studies and was in consequence plucked in the final examination when his friend max came out first till then poor otto who was incapable of managing for himself had had max for a guide when the young alsatian left his companion directly began to see life in paris he passed the greater part of his time on the box of a four-in-hand coach driving perpetually between the avenue marigny where he had rooms and the various race-courses of the suburbs otto saracen who three months before could barely manage to stick on a horse hired by the hour had suddenly become deeply versed in the mysteries of hippology his erudition was borrowed from an english groom who had entered his service and who ruled him entirely in consequence of the superiority of his special knowledge interviews with tailors saddlers and bootmakers occupied the mornings 
his evenings were spent at the theatres and in the rooms of a flaming new club just opened at the corner of Truchet street and chosen by otto because the people he met there paid to his money a homage which his personal merits had not hitherto received the company seemed to him highly distinguished a noticeable thing about it was that the handsomely framed list hanging in the waiting-room bore few but foreign names titles abounded so that you might almost fancy yourself in the antechamber of an heraldic college but on penetrating farther one might imagine oneself in a living ethnological exhibition all the big noses and bilious complexions of the two hemispheres seemed to have met together there otto saracen reigned paramount among these worthies his words were quoted his cravats copied his opinions accepted as articles of faith and intoxicated with this incense of flattery he never found out that he regularly lost money at play and the races perhaps certain members of the club in their oriental capacity thought that they had some rights on the bigham's heritage at any rate they were able to gradually draw it into their pockets by a slow though continued process in this new life the ties which bound otto to max brookman were soon loosened at last the two chums only exchanged letters at long intervals what could there be in common between the eager hard-working man solely occupied with bringing his intellect to the highest point of culture and strength and the idle youth puffed up with his riches his thoughts only filled with club and stable gossip we know how max left paris first to keep a watch on herr schultz who had just founded stahlstadt the rival to frankville and then actually to enter the service of the king of steel for two years otto led his useless and dissipated life then a weariness of these hollow and worthless pleasures seized him and one fine day after having wasted some millions of francs he rejoined his father thus escaping from moral and physical ruin at the present time he was living in the doctor's house in frankville his sister jeanette was now a lovely girl of nineteen to whose french grace her four years stay in the new country had added all the good american qualities her mother said sometimes that before having her so completely to herself she had never felt the charm of perfect intimacy as to madame saracen since the return of her prodigal son the child of her hopes she was as completely happy as any one can be here below for she associated herself with all the good her husband could and did do with his immense fortune on the evening of which we have spoken dr saracen had invited to dinner two of his most intimate friends colonel hendon an old hero of the war of secession who had left an arm at pittsburgh and an ear at seven oaks but who could hold his own with any one at a game of chess and monsieur lentz general director of instruction in the new city the conversation turned on the plans for the administration of the town 
the results already obtained in the public establishments of all sorts institutions hospitals mutual aid societies monsieur lentz according to the doctor's programme in which religious teaching was not forgotten had founded several elementary schools where the cares of the master tended to develop the mind of the child by submitting it to a sort of intellectual gymnastic exercise adjusted so as to follow the natural bent of its faculties it was taught to love a science before being crammed with it avoiding that knowledge which says montaigne floats on the surface of the brain without penetrating the understanding or rendering its possessor either wiser or better later a well-prepared intellect can of itself choose its path and follow it with profit the principles of health took a first place in this well-ordered education man should have equal command both of his mind and body if one fails him he suffers for it and the mind especially if unsupported by the body would soon give way frankville had now reached the highest degree of intellectual as well as temporal prosperity in its congress were collected all the illustrious and learned men of the two worlds artists painters sculptors musicians attracted by the reputation of this city crowded to it all the young people of frankville who promised some day to illuminate this corner of america studied under these masters this new athens of french origin was on the way to become the first of cities a good military as well as civil education was given in the colleges all the young men were taught the use of firearms as well as the first principles of strategy and tactics when this became the subject of conversation colonel hendon declared himself delighted with all his recruits they are said he already accustomed to forced marches fatigue and all kinds of manly exercises our army is composed of citizens and when the time comes to prove them they will be found disciplined and trustworthy soldiers frankville was on the best terms with all the neighbouring states for she had seized every occasion to oblige them but ingratitude speaks so loudly when people's own interests are in question that the doctor and his friends resolved not to lose sight of the maxim heaven helps those who help themselves and to rely on their own exertions dinner was over the dessert was on the table and according to the usual custom the ladies had just left the room dr saracen otto colonel hendon and monsieur lentz continued the conversation and were attacking the higher questions of political economy when a servant entered and handed the doctor his paper it was the new york herald this respectable journal had always shown itself extremely favourable first to the foundation and then to the development of frankville and the principles of the city were accustomed to look in its columns for the possible variations of public opinion with regard to them in the united states 
this agglomeration of happy free and independent people on their little neutral territory was envied by not a few and if frankville had many friends in america to defend her she also had enemies who delighted in attacking her at any rate the new york herald was on their side and constantly expressed itself in terms of admiration and esteem without interrupting himself in what he was saying dr saracen opened the paper mechanically casting his eyes on the first paragraph suddenly he stopped confounded as he saw the following lines which he read to himself and then aloud to the great surprise and greater indignation of his friends new york september eighth a violent attempt against the rights of men is shortly to take place we learn from a certain source that formidable preparations are being made at stalstadt with the object of attacking and destroying frankville the city of french origin we do not know if the united states can or ought to interfere in this struggle which will set the latin and saxon races by the ears but in common with all honest men we denounce this odious abuse of strength frankville should not lose an hour in putting herself in a state of defence etc End of chapter 11